Welcome to the DoD Podcast. I'm Rick Kappel, the course director for WEND 160 Qualified Recycling Program Management. We will be exploring perspectives from experts in our recycling programs. Today's guest is Ted Schluker. Ted has been an instructor in the QRP course for many years and has been around the scrap recycling industry since he was in high school. I've seen proof in the form of a picture of a young Ted with a mullet in a recycling yard. Ted, welcome to the podcast. Let's start out with a little bit about who you are and what your current job is. Hi, Rick, and hi, QRP class. I'm, I'm hoping you don't have that photo up for the students to be looking at right now. Um, uh, as Rick said, I, I was in the, uh, an instructor for the course for a long, long time. Um, grew up as a teenager working in a scrap metal and auto junking, junkyard um, here in California. Worked there through high school and um, in my early 20s got a job working for Naval Base San Diego uh, here, in, here in San Diego, California. Uh, when the base was switching from selling its scrap metal through DRMO, uh, now DLA Disposition Services, to using the direct sales authority uh, provided in 10 USC 2577 and wanted to start doing direct sales of scrap metal and hired me for my experience in sorting, segregating, uh, and selling scrap metal. And so I've been with the program doing that for, gosh, 22 and a half years. Uh, our programs evolved quite a bit over the years um, from just managing the scrap metal via the QRP managing all of the recyclable commodities through the QRP. Um, and shortly after I, I was hired, the Navy decided to, to merge its installations under a regional command. Um, and I became the solid waste manager for Navy Region Southwest, responsible for both trash and recycling for uh, all the Navy installations in California and one in Nevada. Okay, great. Well, full disclosure, Ted, you've been invited to the podcast for your stories. I've heard some great stories in class from all your years of QRP experience, and I'd like for you to please tell us the story about when you first started working for the government from the scrapyard and how it turned into a how Ted almost got fired story. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few of those stories, unfortunately, um, but you can all learn from my mistakes. Um, so, I, you know, as Rick mentioned, um, I'd been working in the scrap metal business as a teenager and you know, the, the industry I, I came from was not necessarily looking at what something was, but what it was made of. And so, you know, my, my value was seeing a, a piece of material and going, ah, that's, you know, that's stainless steel or that's this grade of aluminum or that grade of aluminum. And so I get hired, you know, from the Navy or by the Navy to, to manage scrap metal sales. And the type of scrap that you see on a military installation or, or even specifically a couple blocks from the piers here at the Naval Station is a lot different than the type of scrap you see out in town. But in my eyes, my, my untrained eyes, um, I wasn't looking at property, I was looking at, at the commodities. And so I had no fear and I really also had, had no training. Um, and I was taking anything and everything. Um, Property that you'll that you'll learn in this class this week is not eligible for QRPs. Um, taking ship parts and weapons parts and plane parts, um, and sure we were we were breaking them down here in the yard, you know, to, to package them or bale them or mix them with other metals and 
in, in one shape or form, they were being destroyed or deformed. Not really, you know, if you look at the definition of demilled or demilitarization, not necessarily meeting that criteria. And certainly the QRPs, as you'll learn, don't have the authorization to do that, you know, regardless of the material type. But I was young and I was naive um, and I was out to make a buck. I was out to, you know, make a name for myself and make some money for the, the command and generate some revenue back for MWR. And um, again, I, I, there was no training available at the time. Um, and even if there was, I certainly didn't know where to look. And uh, my supervisors didn't point me in the right direction, uh, maybe like a lot of you. And I was selling just about everything I could get my hands on. Um, and so uh, one day in, in walks a, a lady from the DLA, I think it was the DLA criminal investigation office, something like that, um, with a badge and a gun and the whole nine yards. And says, hey, I'm, I'm here to take a look at the scrap that uh, you're selling to the public. Um, I said, okay, yeah, no, no problem. You know, somewhere along with the conversation, I find out that she was over at, at DRMO looking at their scrap, and uh, my fine friends at DRMO sicked her on me and sent her my way. Um, and so about five minutes into her looking through my yard, her eyeballs pop out, and I, I realized I was in trouble. Um, and she and her crew were in my yard for about a week looking at every piece of property, and I, and I use that, that word property purposefully, um, even though these things were in scrap condition and would never be used again for their original intent, um, they were being viewed as property, and when they were assessing the value of this property, it wasn't like I was doing it, saying, hey, there's so many pounds of aluminum, it was what was the original acquisition price of that you know, uh, weapon fin or that ship part. And before you know it, all of a sudden, I've got a couple million dollars worth of quote-unquote property in my scrapyard that I was preparing to sell to the public. Um, and so there's this you know, big, beautiful, red-bound report, um, you know, 30, 40-something pages of, hey, you should probably fire Ted. Uh, and I had to do a lot of backtracking um, and claimed ignorance and lack of training, et cetera, et cetera. Ended up saving my job somehow, um, but really had to go back to the, the chalkboard on how we managed our program and what we accepted, and really retraining the generators on the base that I had been trying to corral and get them to bring their scrap to me rather than taking it to DRMO. I, I had had to eat some crow and go back and tell them, hey, look, guys, sorry, but that property really does need to go to DRMO. Um, there's certain things I can take and certain things I can't. Uh, and and I, I, you know, I went out of my way to make it easy for all these generators. I, I wanted them to bring the scrap to me. So I was uh, bending over backwards to get it from them. Hey, look, you don't need a 1348 to turn it into to the QRP. Hey, I'll, I'll send a truck and forklift down, um, you know, trying to, trying to beat DRMO to the punch. And I had to go back and tell them, I was wrong. Sorry, I can't take your stuff. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, shortly after that incident, uh, there was a big, lot, a lot of visibility. It turns out I wasn't the only QRP doing that type of thing, and um, not necessarily my scenario specifically, but a lot of them like it. Kind of were the genesis of this course being developed. Uh, one of the primary reasons why DoD recognized we needed to have some training for QRP managers. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a rough go for for about a month there, uh, 
where as much as I was pushing back saying, hey, you know, this isn't my fault, no one ever told me, no one ever trained me, and that kind of went up my chain of command quite a bit. I, I luckily had some support. Uh, maybe it was a good thing I made some money for a while. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my story of how Ted almost got fired for selling property that's not eligible for, for QRP. Man, I love that story. I love it when you tell it every time in class. And maybe the reason why you've taught so much in the class is, you know, to make up for <laughs> for that. But uh, but on a on a separate note, can you tell me, like right now, with all of your experience and and all the the material that you're responsible for, what is your hardest commodity to deal with? Yeah, maybe maybe part of my deal that got me off was teaching the course was a part of my restitution. Um, yeah. Hardest commodity. That's that's a that's a tough one to answer. Little little disclosure first. Our our programs made quite a bit of a change uh, here in the last couple of years from having our QRP staff pick up, process, and sell all of the recyclable commodities. Uh, we, were, we were having a real rough time breaking even with the fluctuating market and uh, a lot of things that we wanted to recycle weren't profitable if they stood on their own or at least breaking even if they stood on their own. So we made a big switch and, and the majority of our post-consumer recyclables, bottles, cans, paper, cardboard, the stuff you'd normally see in your typical waste stream, um, we switched over to having that managed by our both our trash haulers and our custodians. So custodians take it out of the building and put it into a recycling dumpster. And then our trash hauler has recycling dumpsters they take to a sorting facility. And I, and I prefaced the, the discussion with that because what's, what was easy for us to recycle when we had our staff in the buildings, you know, I've, I've got guys going in and picking up bottles and cans and paper and cardboard. No, no big deal while they're there to grab the toner cartridges that were stacked up next to the printer or the copier. Um, but once we've made that switch to the custodians doing it, well, the trash haulers don't want toner cartridges in their commingled waste stream at their sorting facility, especially if they break open. And so things like pallets and toner cartridges that used to be, hey, no big deal while I have my guys in my truck there, has become very difficult. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a market for them, but if they were to stand alone, if I were to have a, an employee, you know, and, and a truck to go drive around the base managing just those commodities, I, I certainly would not be breaking even. And so in that switch to having a contracted recycling collection, those are kind of the, the things that fall through the cracks that I'm still struggling with and having a difficult time managing. Not necessarily marketing, because there's a market for them, but certainly not profitable enough to pay for the level of effort to collect them. Okay, so that was your hardest or your hardest commodities to deal with. What do you think has been your biggest victory as a QRP manager over the years? Uh, aside from retaining my job after the uh, selling plane parts and, and weapons parts, um, you know, we've had a couple, couple real big victories and some of them are kind of um, you know, administrative. I think it was re really beneficial for our program when we regionalized and merged. Uh, and when the Navy did it for several different reasons, but merged the installations under a single command, and it allowed us the opportunity to merge our installation qualified recycling programs into a single regional QRP with one 
uh, suspense account, one F3875 account, where the proceeds from each of the installations uh, and the expenses for each of the installations come out of. And so, uh, you know, I've got an opportunity where I might have an installation or two that generate a, a significant amount of scrap metal and are very profitable. Um, and it allows me to use that profit to subsidize some of the other installations that don't have that opportunity. Uh, and our goal is to, to maintain a consistent level of recycling at all the installations. But if we're doing so strictly off of revenue, um, I don't want to have a reduced amount of recycling service at one base just because they don't recycle enough scrap metal. So I, I think there's a huge benefit. One of our big successes was the opportunity to regionalize our, our QRP. Um, but from the from the true kind of um, you know uh, processing and sales perspective, we've been involved in a couple of really big projects um, that not only generated a bunch of money for the the QRP, but also saved saved the Navy you know millions of dollars in potential disposal costs. Um, and the one that comes to mind is we recycled uh, 343 World War II era steel rail cars. Um, up at a base that had been bracked in Northern California um, that had been sitting there, you know, for years that hadn't moved. And there was a couple of environmental concerns we had to go through with um, a little bit of cleanup. <clears throat> but we were able to manage that project through the QRP with a lot of hoops to jump through, uh, getting them to be considered eligible for the QRP. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we ended up making almost $850,000 selling those cars like a four-month project uh, but it, it you know DRMO wanted a couple million dollars to dispose of them um, through through their process because they wanted to do all the environmental remediation to really treat them as a usable piece of property instead of scrap so I think from the the project big victory I'd say that's probably the biggest one okay well great Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. My hope is that some QRP manager out there hears your story and doesn't have to go through the same hardship you experienced.